0: Everything that I talk about now that's my unique intellectual property is a recombination, a rethinking of things that I've taken in from all sorts of different sources, from in-person mentors to the people I've interviewed to the books that I've read. And that's the same for all of us, but the more you intentionally go out there and expose yourself to the best ideas, the best thought leaders, the, the, the best experts, the more you can accelerate that process.
1: Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. Boy, do we have a great guest lineup for you today. Today's guest is a marketer, an entrepreneur, a man with his own podcast, which I'm going to be a featured guest on, and a man who helps coaches, consultants, and other experts create their own podcast. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only Matt Johnson. Welcome to the show, Matt.
0: Hey, Nikki. How are you?
1: When I get to speak to you, buddy, I'm smiling. So Matt, our listener listens to this show because they want to learn from our great guests, just like you, on how they can be successful. The best way for them to learn, they got to get to know you first. People like to do business with people they know, like, and trust. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be Matt Johnson?
0: All right. Uh, which is sad because it's such a common name. Oh, it's very unfortunate. Okay. So five years ago, I was just some dude working at a marketing agency, working for somebody else. And, uh, they, um, the strategy there when I moved into business development was to connect with all the influencers in this, in the niche where they played and essentially do like live Google Hangouts. This is back when Google Hangouts were a thing. And so I had some experience in the industry. They were, they operated in the real estate niche and I was in real estate back in the day. So I, I had read all the books. I knew who the coaches were. I knew who the players were. And I was able to jump onto these conversations with people I really had no business, uh, you know, being on a conversation with. They were wildly successful, you know, running multi seven figure businesses and teaching other people to do the same. So I started to have these conversations with influencers and they started to go really well. And at one point, one of them turned to me and said, like, look, we should start a podcast together. And that was the extent of the business plan. (laughs) Basically, he knew he was uh, selling coaching and I I was going to experiment with, uh, with building some programs and some educational materials for the audience and flash forward that podcast is over a million downloads and uh and we still run it live once a week on friday it's called real estate uncensored ended up being one named one of the top five podcasts in the space by the by the og of real estate podcasting uh and it just like all the good things that have happened in my life came from that one podcast so i can i can legitimately say that podcasting changed my life uh it also led to what i'm doing now which is i went from just being a podcast host to being a freelance marketing consultant who helped people launch podcasts and now into an agency founder where we only do one thing, which is we help people launch and produce podcasts. And those people are, are coaches, consultants, speakers, authors, that type of crowd. So that's the short story version of how I became who I am. And that's that's kind of who we want to serve and impact. We want to use the podcast, you know, podcasting strategies and, and the format and the platform to help people who have something to say and not just something to sell. We want to help them reach more people. I like it.
1: I like it a lot. Okay.
0: So, so Matt, one of the things we talk about on this show is
1: thought leadership. And we say for Mm -hmm. you to be a thought leader, you need to, you need to have done some original thinking, right? You you got to have some of your own intellectual property. And yeah. one of the ways for you to do original thinking is to talk to smart people and, and learn from them and start to let their thoughts affect your thoughts. I mean, that's a big part of what I do on the Thought Leader Revolution show. I interview a lot of really brilliant people. Some of them are world famous. I learn from them and I distill what I learn from them and I bring it into my own thinking. So what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that as a principle of
0: thought leadership? Uh, yeah, well, uh, like Seth Godin says, in order to be a thought leader, you have to have leading thoughts. <laughs> and I always got a kick. Nice. Out of that quote. I love I like that it. quote so That's much. A great quote. Yeah, so I, I do think uh, that there is an element of building thought leadership and your own in- intellectual property that comes from being exposed to other ideas, and and wow. I can I can say that from from personal perspective, everything that I talk about now that's my unique intellectual property is a recombination, a rethinking of things that I've taken in from all sorts of different sources, from in-person mentors to the people I've interviewed to the books that I've read. And that's the same for all of us. But the more you intentionally go out there and expose yourself to the best ideas, the best thought leaders, the, the, the best experts, the more you can accelerate that process. So, You can either do that by being a guest on podcasts or you can do it by hosting your own show like you and I both do. Either way, it all works, right? You're basically having conversations with really influential people who are already leaders in their field. And then you absorb what they say, you absorb their perspective, and then it's always going to help you craft a more powerful and polarizing point of view of your own.
1: I like it. Well said, my man. Well said. So the other thing that we say is really important is you can't just be a thought leader. You need to be a heart leader. One of my mentors, Mark Von Muser says that your biggest competitive advantage in business is how much you care about your fellow man and woman and how willing you are to let them feel that. What are your comments on that?
0: I think it's 100% true, and I tend to be very hard-headed, no-nonsense, that that sort of thing. And so the way that I relate the heart and and the way that I express the care that I have for my clients is I care deeply about the results that they get from what we do. <clears throat> and I think it should be the same if you're any type of coach or consultant. Well, at least it should be. One, one of the biggest heartaches as a coach, a consultant, or a thought leader is knowing that there's people that listen to our message absorb it walk away and then do nothing with it like that should keep us up at night if it doesn't there's something wrong but if it keeps you up at night just understand that that is a demonstration of how much you care about the people that you profess to lead and that's a good thing and the more that we challenge ourselves to develop things like our intellectual property or to refine our speaking presentation or to refine our coaching and consulting the closer we can get to helping the right people get the results that we promise. We can't always promise that we're going to get results for the wrong people, but for the right people, we can make our programs, our presentation, our, our content so good that they do get the right people exactly the results that we promise. That That's what I'm going for. And that's the, the kind of people that I hope to be around are the people that care at that level.
1: I like it, Matt. I really do. So here's another aspect to thought leadership that I believe in very strongly, and that's you need to get clear on your message. And your message can't just be an eggheady message, right? A pointy hat message. It has to be a message that solves a real problem for a real group of people that are suffering. Most people fall in love with what they do so much that they forget about the fact that what they do is supposed to actually help people. What are your comments on that? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, and I think people, because they know their service so well, they understand how it helps people. I think we wildly overestimate how good we are at communication, right? I was just reading uh, Al Reese's book, Positioning, from back in the day. I was flipping through that the other day, and he just made a comment about… Yeah, amazing book. Uh, one of my favorites. And he was talking about how just over communicated our society was, which made me chuckle because it was written, I think, in the, in the 80s. <laughs> this yeah. is before. Imagine what you think of Instagram today. And, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. um, so, anyway, so we live in an over communicated world, you know, in circa 1982 with three television channels and maybe some cable. But he's right. So, we have to, in, in my opinion, th- this, is, this is my belief system about this. We, as speakers, consultants, thought leaders, we have to communicate a very clear, and compelling idea now where most of us live is in the realm of unclear and compelling there is something compelling and positive and polarizing and interesting and and, and arresting and surprising about what we do for our clients it's there we're just bad at making it clear to the people that we want to sell to. So to me, that's the the domain of real experts. They have something compelling to say, we just don't always say it in a way that's crystal clear. Now this ties back into my overall belief system, which is that we should start, if you're not already getting consistently featured on podcasts, like that should be one of the first things you start doing, and it's not just for the exposure and it's not just for the relationships, even though there's all kinds of benefits. To me, for a thought leader, one of the main reasons you go out to get interviewed consistently is it forces you constantly to be on your feet, describing what you do and sharing it with a real audience of live human beings who are going to listen to it and hopefully uh, reach out and connect with you. And if that's not happening, you have a problem. So it gives you an opportunity to consistently refine and sharpen the delivery of how you tell people what you do until you hit on that. And all of a sudden you'll go, Ooh, that was it. Like that one to two sentences that I just said and that, like, I could tell by the way the host responded. I could tell by the way that it felt. I've got it. I've finally got that clear and compelling idea. Then, that now you've got something where all you have to do is you say those one or two sentences to an ideal client, and their response is, holy cow, I've, I've got to learn more about that. Where, Like, how, how do we, can we jump on the phone? Like, do you have a website? Like, how do I learn more about what you do? Uh, if we're not getting that response from people, then we might have a hot egg headed, like you said, or, or maybe just a, an unclear delivery of what we do.
1: Very well said, my friend, very well said. Okay, so here's a couple of other thoughts I wanna run by you. So everybody and his brother, everybody and her sister is a coach these days. Yeah. They're a dime <laughs> a dozen. And most of them say, I can help you with your relationship. I can help you with your business. I can make you healthy. I can help you put together a book. I can help you do a great interview. I can help you be a better speaker. They're like the Swiss army knife of coaching. And the problem is that if they're that way, then nobody knows what it is that they stand for. If if they're all things to all people, then they're nothing to nobody. One of the yeah. big things that I believe people got to stop doing in this industry is saying they're a coach. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Mm. Uh, I'll push back on that a little bit, but I think in the end we'll agree. So here, here's my belief on this. As, as we get more remote workers, freelancers, consultants, people that work from home, whatever, like people are disconnecting from the office environment and they're disconnecting from reporting to a manager, right? So everything that, like to me, everything that Peter Drucker said about management still applies. The difference is now people are going to hire their own manager. And right now we call them coaches or thought leaders or consultants or whatever. But essentially it's the same function, which is people need to be led they have problems in their business they need to solve. And if they were working in an office, they would turn around and they would ask their manager. And right now that person doesn't exist. If you're an entrepreneur, who's your manager, your clients, maybe like you can't ask the clients what to do. Uh, so to me, I, I think the, whether you call them coaches or not, and you can certainly you know come up with some ter- other terminology to describe yourself, but I think the function is the same. It's the function of what Peter Drucker said management is right. It's, it's helping people get things done, it's leading, it's all all leadership. And well, there will never not be a need for leaders, especially for entrepreneurs and freelancers and people that work from home. They need to be led. So when you think of it through that lens, it's not so much that you know the problem is us calling ourselves coaches, uh, but the being the Swiss Army knife that is a huge problem. Calling yourself a business coach that can help you fine tune your speaking engagement and you know build a sales funnel and you know get your marriage together like that that is a marketing problem because people don't believe huge you. Huge marketing <laughs> problem. No, they don't believe you. They, don't <laughs> they believe just don't you. believe you.
1: But and they shouldn't. That's the problem with calling yourself a coach because it's become an overused term. People don't think all that much of it anymore, and I'd rather. I'd rather be seen as an authority, as a thought leader, than a coach. And I tell my clients that most of the coaches out there don't make a lot of money. According to the International Coaches Federation, the average coach makes about fifty thousand dollars a year. Okay, that's the average coach in North America. Worldwide, the numbers are even lower. And I'll tell you, a lot of folks I know don't make more than you know two to four thousand dollars a month. That's horrible. Right, The folks we work with, once we start to help them see that they can stand out from that sea of sameness, they can be known for solving a single problem better than anybody else. They tap into a strategy of preeminence. We help these guys (laughs) and gals. Add six to seven figures to their business. I've helped five people in the last few years make over a million dollars a month. I've helped another thirty-four make at least a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand dollars a year. I got a vision to help a thousand people make a million dollars a year or more, and that can't be done if you if you're the Swiss Army knife of your industry. You need to be seen as the you know, uh, as the zero tolerance knife or the Spartan blades knife. I'm a bit of a <laughs> knife collector. So these these are some well-known high-end knives.
0: Yeah, yeah You know yeah. what
1: I mean? You put a Spartan blades Defensa, which is a blade created by the owners of Spartan blades with Bill Harsey. These two guys are, are ex-Green Berets, for Canadian special forces. I mean, people look at that and they go, man, that's a Badass knife, you know what I mean. They look at a Swiss Army knife. They go, you know what? Maybe I'll be able to use this in a pinch. But if you had a real problem, wouldn't you rather have a tool that was made just for that rather than a compromise?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And and the specialist always wins. And that trend is not will never reverse itself, as far as I can tell. But yeah. So I'm curious, just on the going back to the coaching thing. Uh, if you recommend that people don't necessarily call themselves uh, coaches, because I, I just heard. Um, so I'm a, I'm a part of a Facebook group uh, run by uh, what might be a mutual friend for all I know because he's in your neck of the woods. Um, and he put up uh, – he mentioned this in a, in a post, just that people are starting to be, be reluctant to call themselves coaches, which I hadn't heard anybody say that before. Um, but I'm curious, like what other terminology would you rec- recommend people look at using if they've been telling people that they're a coach and they want to break out of the mold of just being associated with the other Swiss Army knives?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I wouldn't call yourself anything. Yeah, Uh, So you serve coaches and consultants, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that most of the folks you serve have a problem called not enough clients. Is that a fair Mm -hmm. assumption? Yeah. Right. So if someone asks you what you do, I would say something like, I help coaches and consultants who don't have enough clients get more clients than they can handle. Mm -hmm. Like you said that and the guy or gal in front of you is a coach or a consultant. What's the first thing they're going to say? How do you do that? How? Yep. Right. And you, you know what you say to that? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you very briefly tell them, you know, I've been a coach. I, I've gone through this. This is the pain that I've gone through. These are the, the things. Of, and then they sit and listen to you more and going, oh, my God, I've said those words to myself. Yeah, I'm burned out. Yeah, my, my husband, my wife. Uh, are, are are starting to, 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 to think that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a part-time partner. They're, they're mm-hmm. getting frustrated. My kids haven't seen me in weeks. You start talking a little bit uh, like that to them, then they're going to go, okay, do you think you might be able to help me? And those are the magic words, right? At that point, mm-hmm. you're going to go, absolutely. Why don't we set up a discovery call? Right. Or why don't we set up a discovery meeting? Or if if you have time right then you go sit down with them and you walk them through your process and boom, presto, you got a shot at getting a client. But if you you just say you're a coach, right, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if you just say, Hey, I'm a coach. Most Mm -hmm. people are going to go, Oh, he's a coach. Okay, great. I'm not looking for a coach. Move on. Right. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen in their head. They are going to take whatever you say and they're going to think about it as though you're speaking to them as a potential helper to them as a potential solution to their problem mm-hmm. right and if the answer instantly is y- you don't meet them at that level they're instantly done with you yeah right and they're going to yeah. move on because yeah, the, you, the, the, the brain is going to go yeah it's a mismatch i don't yeah. want it forget it bye-bye nice to meet you bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye well, mm-hmm. you know, if you speak to them about what they're thinking about the most, they're going to be excited. They're going to be interested. Yeah. They're going to go, yeah. "Matt Johnson, he's my man."
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what you're looking for, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so those are hmm. those are some of my thoughts.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely like with in the lead up to releasing the book, which is aimed at the same group of people that we both serve. That that is one thing that I've been thinking about is just what do we call ourselves? You know, are we getting reluctant to call ourselves coaches? Which you know sounds like there's a little bit of a movement away from it. But in terms of like explaining who who you and I serve, yeah, it's it's to me it's it's coaches, consultants, thought leaders. And then to a lesser extent, you could throw in speakers, authors, if they're the right type of speaker, author. uh, So it's almost like, unfortunately, to me, it's all the same person. The problem is we go by about 17 different terms. So like calling them out and saying, hey, this book is for you. When we call ourselves 17 different things, even though I think it's all one thing, that to me, that that's been an interesting question, just in terms of like marketing and copywriting of how do you reach out and identify people in such a way that they go, oh, that's me. All right, so anyway, so that's, that's kind of why, why I asked that question. And that's a problem we all have. If we're serving an ideal client, sometimes they can cut across industries, but they have the exact same problem that we know how to solve. It, it can get a little bit difficult to find the exact right way to tell them, hey, I am the person that you should be hiring because I know who you are and I know how to solve your big valuable problem. So anyway, that's why I asked. No, good Good reason to
1: ask the question. And um, here, here's the other thing. Inside the work that we do with clients, we, we talk about thought leadership. One of the key elements of thought leadership and becoming successful as a thought leader is something that Matt Church from Thought Leaders Global in Australia taught me, which is, you need to focus on what he calls a cluster. A cluster is like a Venn diagram of three three circles that intersect. One of those mm-hmm. circles is about your message. The other circle is about your target market. And the final one is what he calls mode, which is a method of delivery, right? Mm-hmm. And we have been focused on a cluster known as coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, blah, 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 blah. And sure. we're about helping them position themselves as thought leaders and, and add anywhere from 6 to 7 figures a year to their business that's been our thing right and we do it through a program that is a uh, combination of group coaching and masterminding and education so that that's how we do it that's our cluster for that but here's what we've started to realize there are a gazillion people on a daily basis that are showing up on Facebook and other social media platforms saying they can help coaches and consultants a gazillion and most of them are full of this technical term I call caca. Are you familiar <laughs> with caca? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, very technical. Very technical. Very technical. We'll, we'll have to break it down and explain it to the audience, but we'll, we'll get them to catch up. <laughs> right. right so these people that are full of
1: caca have not done anything to actually help anybody. They have no track record, but they see that there are so many people going out there uh, into the knowledge industry, and you know, even uh, Tony Robbins, along with Dean Graziosi and Russell Brunson, have come up with a program to help these folks. So more and more people are seeing that this is a growth area, so they're jumping into it. The problem is, it's very hard for the buyer to see who is full of caca and who is not. And one of the things that we've decided to do is, obviously, we're always going to serve coaches and consultants and thought leaders, because that's who we are. That's our background. But we're starting up another cluster that has nothing to do with coaches and consultants. And that other cluster is powerful and important in our view because it's a blue ocean. Are you familiar with the book Blue Ocean Mm -hmm. Strategy? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it it was a book written by two business professors. And basically what they said was that the key to business success is to get out of the red ocean of competition, right? Where there's other sharks going after the food that you're going after and go into the blue ocean. Of no competition, of having a, a a whole new group that you're going after in 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 a new way with a new offering, so that there isn't the competition available. So, mm-hmm. some of the examples they gave of that were. Um, Cirque du Soleil, again, from my neck of the woods here in Canada. Cirque du Soleil, Mm -hmm. when they came out, they were unique. There was nothing like them out there. And as a result, they they created a whole new market for themselves. And then there's this wine from Australia called Yellowtail. Same, Mm -hmm. same, same. Yellowtail was not like a French wine or a, 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 a California wine. Are you from California?
0: Not originally, but I live here right now. You'll, yeah, you live here, right? And now. I so, like Australian wine. And you like I'm a, Australian? One. I'm down. <laughs> You're down, right?
1: So Yellowtail captured huge market share based on being a blue ocean. So I'm a believer in blue oceans too, Matt. You know, it's cool to go after markets that are established and have lots of willing buyers. I'm a big believer in that, but I, I like blue oceans better. Blue oceans help you make more money faster, and you don't yeah. have to. You don't have to. You don't have to differentiate yourself from the folks I call the charlatan marketers.
0: That, that is very true. And I would add to that, you don't have to go up against an established dominant influencer, which everybody seems to love to do for whatever reason. I don't understand why everybody loves to go in and attempt to be another Gary V when we already have one of those, right? And if you want to niche down, that's great. And maybe be the Gary V of your industry. Like that's worked out pretty well for Tom Ferry in real estate. And he's got to, you know, by all accounts, a six or $7 million coaching business because of it. But- then I see people that try to now be the like out out Gary V. Gary V. Or basically take the same thing that he's doing and appeal to the same broad audience that he has, and all they end up doing is just reinforcing his point of view and creating demand for his books and his podcast. Yeah, and so I think there's a fear slash limiting belief there, where. We have a hard time niching down for a lot of reasons, but there's a couple that I think are are pretty easy to identify and knock out, which is we're afraid of zeroing in on a cluster and that, that the very center of that Venn diagram, we are afraid is too small. But then there's also the fear of just being the leader, you know, as, as somebody said the other day, like, Hey, it's the pioneers that always end up dead with the arrows in their back. Mm. And I, <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that's true. <laughs> I mean, the bottom line is you don't always necessarily have to be the first to the market, but you do have to be first in mind. And, and if you don't believe me, like go back and read all of Reese's stuff, like we talked about. But you absolutely have to be first in mind. The reason Gary V is Gary Vee is because when you think of, okay, I want to I wanna hustle my way to success on social media, who else do you think of? Like even if I just said that sentence, who else do you think of? Nobody. You don't think of Tony Robbins. You don't think of Dean Graziosi. Like they all have their buckets they live in, but, but Gary Vee dominates the bucket of how can I hustle my way to success on social media? You falling into that bucket and trying to get into that only puts you fifth or sixth down, down the ladder. That doesn't help you at all. You need to own your, your own bucket, your own mental space in somebody's mind, uh, but that requires being a leader, which means you, you step out. You know The blue, blue ocean strategy and going where other competitors are not, it requires leadership. You have to flex your leadership muscles and you have to get over the fear of being viewed as the leader in a space. Uh, I wanna work with people that uh, that are over that fear and are ready to step into that responsibility. And, and it is a responsibility, let's be clear about that. Like you you and I both have a responsibility on us as people who help coaches, consultants, you know, thought leaders. Uh, we, you and I have to be willing at the same level to be the leader in our space, in, in what we do. Uh, and that's not always easy. Um, that's uh, But I think that's what it takes to actually build a sustainable business. Well said,
1: Matt Johnson. Well said. I'm really enjoying this, man. So Matt, we like to end off each and every single one of our episodes by asking you, our guest expert, what are your top three expert action steps, i.e. your three best pieces of advice for our listener to take on to grow their business or enhance their life? What say you?
0: So number one thing is go out and get featured on podcasts. Uh, find a handful of them, send an email today, get yourself booked. Uh, there's so many benefits besides just reaching and leveraging other audiences. But to me, it's uh, the, one of the biggest values is the relationships. And the relationships that you build with the people that would interview you on the show are the very people who can probably turn around and send you referrals, introduce you to other podcasts that can put you in front of bigger audiences. They might be able to put you on speaking stages. I mean, there's there's a whole host of benefits. Uh I can tell you one of my clients, uh we produced her podcast a couple of years ago, she was on Pat Flynn's podcast Smart Passive Income. She can tie back six figures in revenue to that one podcast appearance. So you mm-hmm. never know when you're going to hit just the exact right one with the right audience and it sends you a flood of clients. So get started now. That's my, that's my number one thing is to don't, don't wait around, just start getting featured now. The second one is I noticed I started doing this by accident. And then once I saw the response that it got, I started doing it intentionally. And and Nikki, I'll do it to you after we're done recording, which is after every conversation where whether you're the host or the guest, always ask one question who can I introduce you to right now that would make a huge difference in your life or in your business? Like, who's that mm. perfect person that you want to connect with right now? God bless your you know, heart. That, yeah. So, I mean, to me, like the, the response that I got, like, forget about if they ask you the same question back, which is almost always the case. And e- even setting aside the fact that you may, might not be able to deliver on it, you might not know the exact right person that they want to connect with right now. Set all that stuff aside just asking the question is so unbelievably powerful because nobody bothers. They show up and they take, right? They don't give. So, if you can uh, if you can ask that question, it's a demonstration of how much you care. It's a it, it shows that you care about the relationship with the host more than just using their podcast to reach their audience. And as a podcast host, I can tell you that makes all the difference in the world. 100% yeah. I don't know if I have a third piece of advice. Read all of Al Reese's stuff. How's that? <laughs> go back. You go back what? and read it. I've got it literally Another, sitting beside me. The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. It never, it's almost always old. within arm's reach. No, it doesn't get old. Doesn't
1: get old. No, Al, Al Reese is a genius. Uh, he wrote a couple books with Jack Trout as well. And uh, I read them back in the day. Um, he, he was actually interviewed by one of my mentors on a uh, pre-podcast era show. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I have the recording. It's stunning, stunning how smart this guy is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love
0: the way his mind works. Um, yeah, I love the way
1: his mind works too. Well said, yeah, well said. He did some stuff it. with his daughter too, which was pretty cool. So he mm-hmm. kept in I've the got family. both of hers. Oh, do you? Yeah, okay. vi-
0: yeah. Uh, Visual Hammer and Battlecry are both very, very good uh, and carry uh, Alice concepts a little bit further into the branding arena. It's, it's really good. So yeah, I mean, you, you could literally go down the rabbit hole and, and your business would be uh, much, much better off for it.
1: Wow, awesome. Love it, love it, love it. So talk about your book that's coming out and talk about your program. How do people find out about it? How do they uh, how do they avail themselves of connecting with you and consuming your product and getting into your programs?
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so number one thing, going back to getting featured on podcasts, just go to how to com, where you break all that down and talk about how to craft the the right story hook so that when you reach out, the host looks at that and it's the right one or two sentences and they go, Holy cow. Like, yes. Like, how do we get this interview set up? We've, we've got to have you on the show. That's the most effective thing. You could screw up everything else with the email that you send and how you reach out and, and everything else about your pitch could be terrible. If you've got the right story hook for why you're reaching out to that podcast and why you think you can bring value to that audience, it will forgive a multitude of sins and you'll get invited to come on podcasts and you'll, you'll, you'll reach those audiences.
1: What's that, what's that uh, URL again?
0: How to get
1: I love that, man. <laughs> okay, that's so good.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, that's a quick tip for being a guest on shows. Make sure you have an easy-to-remember verbal URL to give that has no dashes, punctuation, slashes. You know, like, yeah, just buy a domain, point it to the landing page, and uh, and and walk away. Okay, so that's number one. Uh, the book that's coming out here in a couple months is called New Media Machine, and it's based on it, – it is the exact strategy – for how to use the four most effective types of new media to do exactly what you probably help your clients do and I help my clients do, which is become the recognized leader in a lucrative niche, which means you have to win the battle for attention, you have to build real influence, you have to attract ideal clients, and then you have to turn those into real market share, right? You have to actually become the leader in the niche that you've selected. So that basically lays out the new media strategy for how you do that and how you build the system behind the scenes so you're only showing up and having conversations like this and somebody else is doing all the the behind-the-scenes work of producing your podcast and getting you featured and splitting that all up into micro-content, posting it on social media, putting that into your sales follow-up process, all those different areas of new media. And to me, it completely flips the script. Like, social media should be the last thing we think about. We should be, as, as thought leaders, we should be thinking about podcasting first because that's the easiest way to get the content out of our heads and let somebody else break that into smaller chunks for places like social media. And then let's focus on leading people and just being engaged with our audience so that we can get them real results.
1: Matt, I'm I'm blown away, man. These are really fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing this with the folks. Yeah,
0: thanks. I had a, I had a blast too. I, I love talking about this stuff. As you can tell, I'm super passionate about thought leadership, coaches, consultants. Like That's my tribe. <laughs> that's, that's, my, my tribe. that's my jam. I, I could talk about this all day long.
1: I love it. I love it. So listener, Matt Johnson, the real deal. You are going to have to go get his book. You're going to have to go to howtogetfeatured.com. You're going to have to consume this man's material, do his programs. He's awesome. And you might be thinking to yourself, okay, Nikki, this sounds fantastic, but can I be like Matt? Can I share my genius out in the world? And maybe you're having some doubts. You know, maybe you're thinking that it's possible for other people, but not for you. I'm here to tell you it is possible for you. And- I'm here to be helpful to you. And here's how I'm going to be helpful to you. Go to my website. Go to eastcircleacademy.com, Go to the button in the middle of the page, okay, that says, watch free webinar masterclass. Click on that button and watch my free webinar masterclass. That webinar masterclass goes through five shifts that will show you, show you how to be sought after in the marketplace, how to go from wherever you happen to be, stuck on a plateau, stuck in that sea of sameness and getting into that oasis of differentiation. And that's what's gonna allow you to raise your income, to make the difference you were born to make and to live a life of fulfillment where your friends and family are gonna be proud of you and you're gonna be able to show them, hey, see, I told you I could do this. And, and it's going to feel amazing, and you're going to love every minute of it. And once you've watched that, if that's touched you at the core of your being, then click on the button right above it, which says, book your success call now. Jump on a phone call with myself or a member of my team. And what we're going to do together is we're going to put together a blueprint for how to take you from where you are to where you want to be, how to take you from the sea of sameness to the oasis of differentiation, how to take you from an income level that just doesn't work for you, makes you feel bad, to an income level that's going to inspire you, to an income level that's going to make beautiful things possible for you and those that you care about, and to a fulfillment and legacy level, well, you get to do everything that you've ever wanted to do, and you get to do it from a spirit of generosity. So make sure you do that. Matt Johnson, buddy, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a real honor to have you on, man.
0: It's the same here. I feel the same way. Thank you so much, and appreciate being able to talk to your audience about this. Oh, my
1: pleasure. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. And to find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Matt Johnson, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, check out the show notes for his episode, and to jump on a call with me or a member of my team, or to watch my webinar masterclass, go to ecircleacademy.com. Until next time, goodbye.